You are listening to the Photobomb podcast with the world's greatest photographers, Boo Ray and Gary. Welcome to the Photobomb podcast. My name is Boo Ray Perry and joining me as always is Gary Hughes. Well, a happy morning to you, my friend. And a happy morning to you, my friend. It is a glorious day. It is a glor- no, it's not. It's it's a miserable muggy day because somewhere in the uh, eastern United States a gigantic hurricane is is crapping out tornadoes all over people that we care about and flooding and people are dying and not only that but the humidity is so bad that if a hurricane taking out the east coast wasn't enough uh when I got out of my car this morning it my sunglasses fogged up because it's so humid now that's a problem you are just a circle of sunshine <laughs> I'm a little, I'm a little ray of light. You on really, this, on this you really are. Sunday. Yeah, I am. Okay, all right. Yeah, things are horrible. Things are absolutely yeah. terrible. Yeah, and my kids are sick. Like it's, uh, you know, I'm. Uh, it's, it's a whole thing. But you know, we have a lot to look forward to. Uh, we got a lot of good stuff to talk about. Um, but uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's just a crappy weather situation. And I do want to mention that our, uh, we, you know, say hi to our, our friends out there. Stay safe in, in the Carolinas. Uh, it's hurricanes or something that we get a lot down here, and it uh, and it sucks. Well, I, I I've had my ups and downs uh, this week, but I have uh, I have found that the best way for me to weather any problems with my family or my friends in the last week um, was anytime anyone gave me a hard time, I would just say, um, "Excuse me, I am national award winner, Bure Perry." <laughs> Recipient of the PPA National Award. Yes, and that's what I would just say every time. I would go, "Do you know who I am? I'm win- I'm a winner of the of the National Award uh, deal." Are there some letters or something you can put after your name and your email signature to signify that you are the recipient of there the PPA National be. Award? There should be. You should get on that. You should. There should be some sort of a like. I, I think. Uh, I think doctor would be good. We could just say doctor. That way, mm. I you could say just doctor. Everyone who gets it should just be doctor. You could just be a uh, winner of the excellent national award. There you Wiener. go. Something along those Boo lines. Per- Boo Ray Perry, Wiener. We're joking about it, but I did want to revisit. Uh, we talked about it in the last episode, but I want to talk about it again today because on the last episode, we had so much to talk about with the canon thing that we didn't really get to tell the story of the grand conspiracy that took place to get me to go and actually accept the award, which I felt uh, was just wonderful and um, so well played by just pretty much everybody in my life. Um, that I wanted to give credit to uh, all of those who were involved, including you. So, oh, oh, great. so for so those of you who uh, don't know, I didn't. I don't go to the awards ceremonies because it's too cool. Because carrying the carrying the you know carrying a suit with you and all that kind of stuff. I normally don't compete, so I'm not going to win anything anyway. So I don't want me to go. You read this whole story, by the way, on my blog, com and go to the blog. And there's a whole long story there. So anyway. Um, so what happened was they knew this. So they uh, they called up uh, my friend Kira and they said, Kira, listen, uh, you have to get him to the award ceremony. So then Kira, who was on vacation with us on a cruise this summer, went to my wife and she said, you have to help me get Bure to go to this award ceremony. And Bobby said, I'm not very good at lying and I don't like to lie uh, to Bure. And she said, well, he'll catch on if I keep bugging him, so you have to help me. So the two of them together launched a conspiracy to get me to go to the awards ceremony. They tell me I need to go, and you should bring a suit, etc. And I wasn't having any of it. It just wasn't going to work. I'm, I'm like, no, I, no, it's a pain, and I don't, I don't want to go. And uh, 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 uh. So realizing that she was going to let the cat out of the bag, she reached out to you, person number three in the conspiracy, and said, you've got to try and do something here because I can't keep doing this. And so then you 
I don't know if you just know me so well. I don't know if you're just this <laughs> sneaky and sly. But while I suspected other people, I never for a moment suspected you because you did it so well. You you called me and you said... Uh, no, no. The first thing I did was I wasn't going to talk to you about it live. I messaged you. Where messaging, it is impossible to convey tone. Okay. And so you, you couldn't buy my messages... You know, if my voice warbled a little bit or if I sounded insincere, you can't tell that in a, in a right, message. Right, right. See, you're crafty, and, and I think you've thought about this a little too much, and it makes me concerned for your, uh, for your uh, you know. Look, 99% of the time, uh, not being able to convey tone in an email or a text message or, or a direct message um, goes against you because people assume a voice when they read you. And, then, and so you type something and they go, well, that was really snarky. You go, no, 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 I meant that completely sincerely. So, you know, you can't. Right. Uh, but this time I use that to my advantage because right. I'm smart. You are. And I, I use my smart brains. You're crafty. Crafty. So- just your type. So you text me about it, and you're like, "Hey, I had a long conversation with Greg, and uh, we had a we had to ride together in a car for an hour." And um, I did throw Greg under the bus. Good old <laughs> yes. Greg Daniel, yes. uh, listener of the show, probably wearing spandex, listening to this, riding down the road on his bicycle. And he and I were flying back from Atlanta, where we both serve on the IPCC committee, which is the committee that makes rules for the International Photographic Competition and judges disputes. And anyway, it's a, it's a great committee. He's a board liaison, and I'm the one of the new members on the committee. And our flight, as it does many times in the Southeast this time of year, got delayed, and then because of weather, and then it got diverted. Um, and the, you know, eventually it was like we got to fly into Tampa instead of Orlando, which is two hours away, and we got to refuel because we're about to run out of gas. And so we're sitting there on the runway, and they're like, "We'll get you right back up in the air. We'll be in Orlando." Blah 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 blah. And then pilot comes on and says, uh, "Well, uh, we're about to hit the limit of how long our crew can be on shift, so we're gonna have to wait for another crew." And so Greg and I are sitting there looking at each other on the plane, and we're like, "Do we ditch and get a rental car?" So I get on the phone with my wife. And Julie gets us a rental car, a one-way from Tampa to Orlando for 50 bucks. So we jump off the plane, go get a rental car, and we have this wonderful little, like, uh, surrogate father-son uh, bonding uh, two-hour drive. And you knew that this was happening. Yes, I right? knew so, that this had happened. You know, I knew you so were doing this trip. You knew that you, and so you wanted to know what Greg and I talked about. You're very right. interested in what Greg and I talked about for two hours on the drive. And then, so I used Well, sure, Greg. because, you know, that's going to be a two-hour conversation between any two people. You'll get, there's going to be some nuggets there. There's going to be some, oh, what was discussed? Right, so, so I use that to drop that maybe Greg, who is on the uh, PPA Board of Directors, uh, that he, he knew about the National Award uh, and that he had let it slip that I might be the one receiving okay, it, no, that no. it might so be you're, me. Now you're underselling it. Here's what you did. Here's what you said. You said, uh, so I was talking to Greg, and um, he was kind of telling me I, I, he was telling me I need to come to the award ceremony. I, I kind of was pressing me to come to the award ceremony. And I'm like, okay. And you said, and uh, I think I might be getting an award. And I'm like, okay, well, great. And you said, uh, but here's the thing. There's only one award I could be getting that Greg would know about. And that's the national award. And I'm so stupid. I went, is that good? <laughs> no. I'm like, is that good? And you want that award? Is that important to you? And here comes, and here comes, here comes the closer. And then you said, well... Yeah, I mean, it's like a life goal for me. Are you going to be there? And that was it. <laughs> now I'm done. Now I'm done because the way you, you go, are you going to be there? With just the right tone of I need you there, 
to where there was no way in hell I could say no. I was like, well, well, of course I'm going to be there. You bet I'm going to be there. Is that important to you? I'm absolutely going to be there. And that's it. So now the deal is closed. I am definitely going. That's phase one. I'm definitely going. Phase two is getting you to wear a suit. Yes. Then phase two kicks in, back to Kira and Bobby, where um, now Kira is saying you need to wear a suit to this thing because it's important to Gary and he's going to want his picture taken with you and you should have a suit for that picture. And people, Other people will want their pictures taken with you and of course me, I'm arguing, I'm going, no one takes their picture with me. I'm going to be one that's taking the pictures. I'm not going to be in the pictures and then Bobby behind the scenes, oh so subtle. I'm like telling Bobby about the, all this stuff and I'm going, you know, I don't understand what the big deal clean. is and Bobby's going, baby, you look good in a suit. You should wear a suit. You never wear a suit. Not She's in on it the whole way, you know, giving, providing backup and then the night before, we're there at the at the at the thing, and she's at, and Kira's asking me about the suit, and she's at what, you know you got a suit. I'm going yeah. She goes you got pants. I go yeah. Black. I'm wearing black jeans. You can't wear jeans. You have to wear suit pants. I'm like well they're black jeans. They look fine. No no. They have to wear suit pants. You have to wear suit pants. I'm like they're going to be fine. But then because I'm a guy who I see a thread and I got to pull it, I start thinking. I go to bed that night and I'm thinking, she's awfully concerned about my pants. Why is she so concerned about my pants? I can see you getting in your own head about I the did. pants. I did. I did. And the next morning, I called Bobby. And I said, Bobby, you have to be honest with me. Has Kira told you something? Am I getting some award? Because she's very concerned about my clothes, much more concerned than she should be. And Bobby is going, no, not, no, not, no. She doesn't say anything to me. And I said, here's the thing. I looked. I actually got the booklet, and I looked at all the awards they're going to give out, and I'm not qualified for any of these awards. There's no way I'm getting any of these awards. There's only one I might could see maybe receiving, and it's the national award because I do a lot of work on the national stage. And I could see that. I said, but Bobby, there's no way that's me. I can't get that award because they would give that award to Gary before they would give it to me. And I can't, so that's not going to happen. So I can't figure it out. It doesn't make sense to me. There's no way I'm getting an award. And yet, and yet there's these little things that are weird going in my mind. Not to mention the fact that if that, if it was true that I was getting that award, that would mean that Gary was in on it the whole time. And, and that whole phone call was a dodge. And there's just no way that anybody's that smooth. There's no way that everybody has played this whole thing out. You know, you know what I mean? It was like, it was so well done. Like, you know, they say the bigger the lie is, the easier it is for people to swallow. It was like that. There's just no way that everybody's in on this and it's this grand conspiracy. Okay, I can't go there. You know, the simplest, simplest explanation is the most logical. And the simplest explanation is that uh, Kira is crazy, which is true. So that was, that, so that was what I finally landed Ouch. on, was that she's just neurotic and crazy, and that's, and that's what that was about. But there was a moment where I absolutely called my wife and said, you must be honest with me. And she was like, I don't, no, no. And I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm brushing my teeth. And, I, and, then, and then I'm like, she's brushing her teeth to hide the fact that she's lying to me. I mean, and then I'm like, oh, my God, how far down this rabbit hole are you going to go? Stop being First so of all, stupid. I, I Stop being so crazy. You're, you're, this is craziness that you would For think. For you to call someone neurotic and crazy is like the pot calling all the kettles I'm black. just saying. Like but you know what I mean? I guess to the point where you're like, oh, my God. So really? So like if I had had to defend it, I'd be like, so what you're saying is that uh, that uh, your wife knows, uh, Kira knows, uh, Gary knows, and that they all conspired and did all this stuff. That's really what you think happened? Are you out of your mind? Of course you're out of your mind. Of course that didn't happen. No, that doesn't happen. And then come to find out that is exactly what happened. You know, it's one of those things like when you think you're going crazy because you, you think you saw aliens and then you find out that there actually are aliens and you've been seeing them all this time and you haven't been crazy. But now it's too late because you've already become crazy. I'm not saying it's aliens, but it's aliens. I'm just saying. You know what I mean? Like, you know, when, when you, you've just gotten to the point 
where you're convinced that you're just crazy when suddenly everyone goes, ah, surprise, we are pod people. <laughs> it's like, what's that movie with uh, with Michael Douglas, The Game? Yes, exactly. Where, <laughs> where he thinks he's insane, and at the end they're all like, happy birthday! Exactly. Happy birthday! And you're like, oh, it really was. That's, and that's exactly what y'all did to me. That's what, the grand conspiracy was done to me. Well, congratulations. Now you were Bure Perry, uh, Wiener, winner of the Excellent National yes, Award. You'll you. always be the biggest Wiener I know. Buddy. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, Wiener, Wiener, chicken, and Wiener. And you, in my heart, always a, a big Wiener. Thanks. You too. And, uh, so, All right. So I, I just had to tell that story because I felt that we talked about me winning the, the award last week, and that was great. But I really wanted to give credit to the cabal that entered into secret negotiations to get me there so I could win the award, which I find to be almost as touching as actually winning the award. Well, I think that, uh, first of all, I think you're making a way bigger deal out of the conspiracy. I mean, it was like one messenger conversation. But, hey, I do appreciate the props and, uh, and, and well-deserved, you big old For you winner. it was. But for Bobby and Kira, it was an ongoing, like, three-month process. Right, and so I'm getting a lot of the praise here for being so smooth, but I did the least work. You did do the least work, but also you did it. You 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 planted just the perfect seed, you know, That's and right. then and then Too you backed much. off of it. So I never suspected you. You never gave me a reason to suspect you, but you did it just right. You didn't just That's call. Because... You didn't just call me. And go, hey man, you got to come. Blah 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 blah. Because that would have made me suspicious. You did it just right with just a little bit of a. So. You're going to be there? I am, the, I am the puppet master. You were. I mean, you, it was I just subtle master. enough, just subtle enough, but just <laughs> effective enough that I couldn't back off of it. And, right. and it, it was done. At that point, there was no not going. I absolutely had to go. Well, glad you went, and I'm glad it worked out. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, can I tell you about something positive that happened in my life this week? Okay. I discovered a, uh, a beautiful little feature uh, of Facebook. Because I basically, when I'm working at, at the studio, I have Facebook open pretty much all day. Because I've run, I run multiple groups, and I, I talk to a lot of people through it. And so as it, Facebook is, is open probably about half the time. And when Facebook's open, there's that little list, and it shows you who's active. And so you see the little green dot. You're like, oh, they're on. I think I'll talk to them. And so I get a lot of messages and get interrupted or get pulled into conversations that take like half the day back and forth. And so I, I, I just turned off my active status. You can do that. You can make it so that no one can see you. And, and oh, where, you, oh it, where's that button? And consequently, you can't see who was on either. But it doesn't uh. matter because if you want to fly face fly through Facebook without anybody knowing that you're on, you just turn off your active status. I like that. I, I, I don't get it to the level that you get it, so it's not that big of a problem for me. I, I still have no problem if if someone texts me not getting back to them for fifteen or yeah, twenty minutes. Right. You know, because if but you, you it, ever jump on Facebook and you're cruising around and bloop, you get a message as soon as you log on. And you, people see the little green thing light up. And it happens, not like overwhelming amount, but it happens enough to where now I can go on Facebook and cruise around and I don't get the, don't get the messages. I've noticed that once I've turned off my active status, the amount of messages I get is, is cut more than, more than half. How many messages do you get for the love of God? I don't get that many. Uh, throughout, throughout the day, um, mostly I'm talking to you. And my sister. <laughs> There's that, that's it's reason mostly, enough. Reason mostly, enough right there. It's basically you. But here's the thing. I know you're going to message me anyway. Yeah, I don't, don't, but, yeah, I I don't ever look to I don't ever look to see if someone's active when I message right. you on Facebook. And I know I that about you. That's just the way I message people. You're not, you're not jonesing to uh, uh, you know, wait for me to jump. If you want to message me, you'll just message me. Yeah, I just me. message like, you. It's a, yeah. But uh, you know, it's a, I, I, I encourage you to try it, to go uh, inactive and just see – if that changes your your Facebook experience, I've I've quite 
quite enjoyed it. I don't I get that, I don't get the I don't get the attention that you get, so it wouldn't change my experience that much. <laughs> I keep Facebook open all day long, and I get messages from like the same three people. No, you, Kira, my wife. Knows. That's about it. Kevin Newsom. That's it. That's those Kevin four Newsom. people. Those four people. But nobody else ever messages me. So, I mean, sometimes I do, but I've never. Uh, here's the thing. I I've never looked to see who was on when I was going to decide if I was going to message them. If you're on the desktop version of Facebook, it's right along the right-hand side the whole time. I guess you can yeah, collapse I just never look that at window. It. But That whole thing yeah. is way too cluttered. Although yeah. what I did do yesterday, and I encourage everyone to do this, is uh, go into your settings and it'll say um, – and, and it'll ask you uh, change who you see on your feed. And you can go in and select the people who you definitely want to see when they post something. And this will change your feed dramatically. So you pick your parents and you pick your wife and you pick your best friend and stuff like that. And then their posts will gravitate to the top of your feed. So you'll get to see the stuff that's important to you first before you scroll down to the rant of some guy who has a podcast who you happen to follow. Yeah, I don't want to cultivate my feed that much only because if I only have people I want to see in my news feed – um, I'm not going to have anything to complain about, really, on right. Facebook. Right. Well, you're going to so, see I mean, you're going to see more. It's just you're going to see them first, and I want to see them first because what I don't like is when you post something and come back to me later and go, "Hey, did you see that post I did about blah?" And I'm like, "No, I didn't see it because it was 40 posts down in my feed, and now I feel bad. I didn't. Oh, I didn't see that thing you posted. Right? I'm not I'm not keeping up with all things Gary, which is really the goal <laughs> of most of my days. It's just to keep up with what keep I'm doing. All things Gary. Yeah, I I, I don't blame you um, at all. So uh, let's talk about some stuff in the news, right. in the news, in the news, in the news. I've got uh, a couple of interesting stories I pulled from uh, the old – where the heck is my – oh, there we go. Yes, uh-huh. which, which story that will get us in hot water do we want to talk about first? Well, I've got <laughs> – let's talk about – this one will be a lot easier to talk about. This is just sad and funny. Uh, th- I got this off of Petapixel. It's, the headline is, Art School Photoshops White Students – into black ones yes. in ad photo, which basically yes. means so there's this uh, the Emile Cole in Lyon, France, sparked controversy this week after people noticed something peculiar about an image being used to promote a new campus being opened in Los Angeles, California. Um, so essentially, what they've done is they've in the, the in the photo it was all white people, and what they've done is gone back and added. Not only have they added a few random um, African Americans into the photo, uh, but they have also taken a few of the white people and darkened them down significantly to make them look more brown. Yes, because they want—I the, guess—they want this uh, bougie art school in uh, upscale LA to look more diverse. Yes, and I uh, will post a link to this on the Facebook page. The Photoshop is so bad; it's so yeah. bad yeah. that when—and they've got the the side by side, and it looks like. Uh, I don't know. It, you know how you're watching a TV show and somebody will pick up like an old photo that's part of the story in the TV show and right. you can tell if you're a photographer that's really bad Photoshop? Like that's what it looks like. It well, looks remember, like- remember the movie – You might have, there was a movie I think in the 80s with C. Thomas Howell called Soul Man where he pretended to be black in order to get yes. like a break in college or something, which now, of course, would just be seen as incredibly racist. Well, they did one a few years ago uh, reversed. Uh, they did White Girls. Remember that with the Wayne's Brothers? Yeah, the they... Wayne Brothers do love – yeah, they did that. <laughs> but it was just – it was so – it's like there's no one, no one in history would ever look at this and think that you were actually of that race. And that's pretty much the case here. Yeah, this is uh, – You know, here's the thing about that, bad. though. For me, it speaks to motivation, and, and, and you can't know the motivation. So without knowing the motivation, you don't know whether you should condemn them or whether you should actually kind of be like, oh, okay, we see what you're doing there. Because if your motivation is we don't 
let many black people in the school and we don't want that to get out. So we're going to change this picture to make us look more diverse. Well, then, you know, you've got a problem. You're racist and you need to die. Uh, but um, if <laughs> but if but if your That's motivation right. but if your motivation is we don't get many black people who apply, you know, and so our school is not very diverse and we would like it to be more diverse and one of the ways to attract more diversity is to make us appear to be more diverse you know if we we appear more diverse then eventually we won't have to doctor photos because we'll get the more diverse people in that we want well then that's almost kind of admirable because we're you know if you want to you know if you want to attract money in your tip jar you put a little money in your tip jar you know And, and, and so and if that's the motive and i would like to believe that that was their motivation. I would hope that well, that's you know, a motivation. You know, you I don't always, know. Uh, you can always just give out a couple of scholarships to minorities. Sure, and you invite go. Invite them to be, invite them to be in the photo. Yeah, I mean that. Unfortunately, it definitely weighs more on the other side of you know. If you really want to be more, more diverse, I'm pretty sure you could make that happen. If you, the, you know, the worst I think part, you could, I think you'd actually could get some black people in your in your school if you really wanted them there instead of photoshopping. So it definitely leans hard onto the uh, yeah, it's not looking good for you side. But this is a sliver of maybe. The irony is this is an art school. They they should have somebody that's better at this. There's one guy in yeah, the well bottom that, right yeah. who's like this this like skinny white hipster kid with a af- with a white kid afro and a, and a bad beard. And in the after photo, they've painted him brown and made his mustache bigger. He looks like a cartoon of Pancho Villa. Well, like, here's my problem. If even if I am if, even if I am a person or a minority, and I'm thinking about going to this school. I mean, I look at this picture and I think, well, you probably had your students do this work, and this work is so bad that I clearly don't want to go to your school anyway. Because if you can't, <laughs> if you can't it's teach either, them how to either do that or one Photoshop, of the, or one of the instructors uh, is. One of the instructors did this, which makes even me worse. want to go to the school even less. Yes, it's even worse. <laughs> I don't want to go to your school. Your instructor can't even, can't even do this simple Photoshop job, this little dodge and burn. <laughs> This is it's funny because I have this conversation pretty regularly with photographers that are in my uh, I have a, a coaching group for photographers who are wanting to increase their headshot business and one of the things that I tell people is to show more diversity. If I go to your headshot website, you've asked me to look at it and it's just a bunch of like beautiful white female 28-year-olds. Yeah. You know, I'm like you're and you what you really want is you want the 45-year-old executive who's yeah. got lots of yeah. money. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I said, you know, this is great and everything. And one of my one of my coaching clients was like, I, "Where there aren't black people where I live," <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "She's like, it, my, she's like, I'm in a community in like rural Minnesota, and there's like three thousand people, and there are just no black people here." Well, and I'm that's like, okay oh. because they're also not your clients, so you don't need to, yeah. you know. So, but what, but enough. your point stands, and I'm with Show you. What I just you built a headshot website, and I was doing the same thing, and I realized every picture I was putting up was a good looking. Uh, uh, was a good-looking white woman, and I'm like, you need to put up the craggly old fifty-eight-year-old executive too, because a lot of the guys, you, a lot of the shoot shots you do, that's who you're shooting. So you need right. to show them too. I mean, so it's a, I that's a wonderful point. I had the same problem incredible. when I was building my website. Yeah, no, it's important. I mean, I've, we have lots of uh, Orlando is a very diverse city where we live, as is Tampa, and so. But when we get a lot of clients from all over, but I recognized this a few years ago when I started getting inquiries from. People and I would say probably pushing half of my clients are minority. Really? And yeah, oh yeah. Um, and that's re- I'm just go back and look at my Instagram, and you're like, holy crap! Like, yeah, because I put most of my client stuff, unless they ask me not to, eventually makes it to my Instagram feed. Here's the thing, though. When I put the good-looking women on the website on the headshot thing, it's not just oh, I like good-looking women, but it's also 
while it's true I take a lot of pictures of old executive types, usually it is the woman working as the executive assistant who books me. So my thinking is I want my pictures on my website. When, I, when, I, when she looks, is looking for a photographer, I want her to see pictures and go, I want to look like that. Because even though she's looking for people to photograph her boss, you know, she might be photographed as well. And I, I need to impress. The same reason that you put more pictures of brides on your website than you do grooms, because the brides are the ones who are shopping. Correct. I, I agree with that. Uh, but again, my main point with this is I understand the implication of them wanting to show diversity. But this is very yeah, poorly yeah. executed. They really, they really boffed the dismount on this. <laughs> I just don't understand how in today's day and age, of course, these are the French, and the French are horrible. But um, I don't understand how in this day and age you can still take the pen to the picture and start working on changing the race of the person and not, th- and not stop and go, wait a minute, this is probably a bad idea. There's zero hesitation in your mind. And, you did. Right, and not only did... that, this had to go by multiple people to get on their right. website. And, and, and Somebody got, had and, to go. And, and in California, for the love of God, in California, no, 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 this, no. You can't do this talking in about California. The I just see you a guy a, smoking you a cigarette. Away, you can get away with this in North Dakota, but you can't yeah. get away with it in California, baby. They're going to roast yeah, no. you for this. I, uh, I can see a guy like smoking a cigarette, looking over the proofs, going, Mon Dieu, c'est magnifique. <laughs> Uh, perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. How did you do this? It is like magic. Oh, they magnifique. Those are the only just words. Gonna let this go. <laughs> just gonna let this go. Just gonna let it continue. This, this. I don't know. Pepe Le Pew meets Gerard Depardieu thing you've got going on. <laughs> oh, you're going to have to make new proofs. I asked my cigarette on this yes, one. I noticed you have the cigarette. Yes, of course, because I am French and I do not care. I will blow smoke in your baby's face. They love to I'll smoke. Do it. The French. They do. <laughs> they love to smoke. I wonder if the vaping is taking off over there like it is here. It is a scar on the face of Paris. Yes. <laughs> but it's, I, it, is, it is awful, and, and I wonder how much backlash they'll get from it. Yeah. Look, we were running out of money, okay? So we turned Eiffel Tower into a vape shop, okay? It's lots of money. All right. Now I got Russian there for weird. All right, let's yeah, keep there moving There was definitely on. some Russian at the end. <laughs> <laughs> the Eiffel Tower is now a vape shop. Uh, fantastic. Although it is an improvement over every impression you've ever done before on the show, which sounds like Mario from Nintendo. (laughs) In in the past, no matter what impression, no matter what impression, Uh, hey, merci, merci beaucoup, Senor Bure, like an Italian plumber. Senor, that's Spanish, Monsieur Bure. Stop! (laughs) Just stop! For the love of God, stop! (laughs) Mon Dieu! Yeah, Mon Dieu. Uh, anyway, all right. So uh, that's uh, that's great. Way to go, uh, uh, art school in L.A. for uh, uh, which should be a bastion of liberal ideology yes. has just done the most racist thing uh, you can imagine in order in an attempt to be more inclusive have been yes. the most racist. Yes. So there's define irony. Yes. We we liberal- hope we hope it was an attempt to be more inclusive and not an attempt. To hide the fact that you are, in, in fact, horribly racist and don't let black people in your school. We hope that that's not what you were trying to do. Yes. But you understand it could very well be conceived that way. Well, look, there's an Asian guy in there. That's something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, they've we, got we an gotta, Asian guy. They're practically affirmative action, Gare. One we, Asian we got to pose. They are the smallest minority. Uh, so anyway, we have to, uh, in both stature and number. Uh, oh, oh, my God. See, that right there. That right there. Now, right there, we're in trouble. Just, you see saying, that feeling? just saying that. 
You're laughing. You're laughing. That's the racism leaving your body. Let that's, it go. Let it out that's, of you. That's right there. We're in trouble. Sorry to our Asian listeners. We love you. Uh, anyway, uh, so uh, we're going to post a link to this on the Facebook page. If you're not uh, on the Facebook page, just go to facebook.com slash photobombpodcast, and, uh, and we're there. And you, the best part is not the black people that they have added in. It's the white people that they've turned brown and black in Photoshop that are the absolute best part. They're like little nuggets of joy throughout <laughs> this image, which has about 75 people in it. It's like... It's like racist Where's Waldo. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, it's like so Gene, Gene Wilder in the Silver Streak. Oh, golly. There's <laughs> Gene Wilder in everything. Uh, all right. Every Mel Brooks movie as a photo. Um, so we've got another story. Yes, we do. That, that has been – this is the controversial one, and I don't know – Really? Because the last one wasn't. The, the repainting people into minorities, not controversial at all, really? This, this is probably more, the, more of a trigger, more of a sensitive thing for people. I disagree. T- I, sensitive, yes, but I think the last story has more pitfalls than this one because on this one, I think that, that, that I, don't see, I don't see how anything I say about this story could be construed as bad – you know, this story to me is much more. <laughs> we'll see. It's a terrible way to describe it. This story is much more black and white. People have feels about this, so we'll talk about Meg Bitten, who's a fairly well known uh, with lots and lots of followers, uh, children's photographer. And so the controversy comes from the work that she's creating in her workshops. And so this story was brought to my attention. I had never heard of her before and didn't know anything about this. Nor I. By uh, Carol DeAndo, one, uh, one of our dedicated listeners. In fact, she submits so much good content to the show and participates with us so much. I think that I'm going to make her uh, uh, official fan club president. So there you go, okay. Carol. You are now <laughs> Photobomb fan club president. Uh, go ahead and get, get a website going for that and, uh, and let us know how that goes. Um, <clears throat> so... Basically, if we're, we're gonna, I'm going to post a link to this, um, and this is kind of sensitive subject matter for some people because it involves children, and so people have very strong feelings about this. And so um, the, the crux of it is that she creates these images featuring children uh, that are minors that are controversial in ways that uh, are upsetting some people. And there are several websites and blogs and, that have posted vilifying this woman, saying that she's using this as an opportunist thing, like using the publicity of creating these controversial images to then get people to come look at her Facebook page and her website and to sell workshops and stuff. And, uh, and the, some of the images, I can see how people would find them troubling for really? sure because she, yeah, she creates these really – pretty whimsical portraits of children and uses a lot of like backlight and kind of a glowy soft feel and it works very pretty but then for the workshops she seems to create images that um, people have said sex over sexualize young children and put them in situations that would be you know um i don't know that would make it look that make people some people uncomfortable and so i was having a conversation with carol on facebook messenger about this and i was just thinking that Overall, like the summation of how I feel about it, we'll post links to some of the images. You have images of girls who are dressed and like, you know, there's two girls that are hugging like sisters. And then one of them has a rolled up $100 bill tucked into the waistband of their shorts. So it looks kind of like, I don't know, like bordering on child prostitution. It's either either services rendered or cocaine straw. (laughs) It's one of those two. Those are the only reasons she would have a rolled up $100 bill in her shorts. 
or or they're starving and they found a hundred dollar bill on the yeah. street and they're hugging to celebrate. Um, there's a I picture, like I, I like th- the one with the girls, the three girls around the trash can at night, and then the older gentleman with the walkie talkie talking to them, and they're dressed in skimpy clothes down at the docks, which is I can't tell you how many times when I was growing up that me and my other friends who were 11, 12 year old girls would go down to the docks at night in skimpy clothes and talk to older men. We did that right. all the time. It's such a perfect right. reflection of my childhood, and it really it just it brought me back to that to that time. <laughs> Well, you and I are going to have feels about this because we're both, we both have two girls. You're not there yet. And your girls are at the Give, age of the girls in this ten, photo. Yeah, 10 years from now, and you will be outraged. Because right. when, you, uh, okay. when your children are reached, reach that age, when your daughters reach that age, that's when you really begin to see it. That's when you really begin to see it, the, oh my God, we are sexualizing 11 and 12 year olds all the time now. And this, this is over the top. Yeah, and so, all right, so my general feeling is looking at, and there's an image of the two girls, and one's got what appears to be a liquor bottle, and they're sitting in the street, and, and um, you know, a, a couple of thoughts occur to me all at the same time. One is, these girls' parents had to give consent for this at some point. Right. You know, you have to assume that they're, they were involved in the process, and that, uh, you know, I think art can be controversial if you want to call it art. Like, this is a, a the conversation comes is, where does art go too far because you know i'm thinking like i've watched tv shows like game of thrones that depict minor children as sex slaves and weird stuff like that nothing graphic but there's all those implications in all kinds of things that we consume if you watch shows like you know all i was watching like the americans which has like you know scenes depicting having to seduce younger people in order to like achieve their objectives as russian spies and stuff it's like we have stuff like this in all kinds of media and i don't see the outrage uh, when we watch something like a 16-year-old sex slave in Game of Thrones and then somebody's having problems with this. And so not to say that you shouldn't have a problem with this. My point is that why are we picking and choosing our outrage? And second, at what point does art go too far? Because these children clearly aren't actually in any danger. Um, and, you know, they're, this isn't, you know, I don't know. I, I have feelings about wanting to protect free speech and artistic license, but also I find it personally distasteful, but I don't believe that, uh, you know, I believe that it's all right for people to be outraged. If you're going to make work like this, you know that people are going to be mad about right. it. Like, you know when you make it. So you have to, why, com- don't complain about the backlash, you know? Right. Like, I'm not, I'm, are, here's the thing about <clears throat> protecting free speech, though, and, and this is, and, and I hear this all the time and it drives me crazy. Someone will say, we're protesting Chick-fil-A. And and other people will say, what, because Chick-fil-A uh, supported organizations that wanted to tr- turn people ungay? You're going to protest them? What happened to free speech in America? Chick-fil-A can't do that? No, they can do that, and I can protest, protest, I can protest them. That's what free speech Absolutely. is. So like, I'm, not, I'm not saying that she should be banned. I'm not saying that she should be shut down or arrested. I'm not saying anything. Like that. I'm saying what she's doing is horrible, and just as she has a right to put it out there, I have a right to say it's horrible. Yeah, I agree. You know, that's all I'm saying. You know, and it, free speech works both ways. And and I have a right. And everyone who is going, coming out in the media, social media, and and writing blog posts and saying she's horrible, and you guys should stop following her, they have every right to do that. It's not bullying. It's you know, I mean, you look at these pictures. I mean, the girls in the in the in the tube tops and the tidy tidy shorts with the roller skates on and the knee socks, smoking a cigarette in a car, and they look to be about twelve years old. What exactly are you trying to say there? Because that. I don't know what message you're. I don't. I don't. I've never in my life seen a person who looked like that. 
I, did, I don't know. I never grew up with anybody who was wearing roller skates in a vintage truck with knee socks and tight shorts and and a pushed up tank top and no bra and smoking a cigarette. That never. I've never seen that in life. To me, that now if that picture was a woman who was twenty two, it would be different. But it's not. It's a twelve year old, <laughs> and that's that makes me extremely uncomfortable. And I don't right, care. That, yeah. And I don't care that their parents know. And I don't care because that 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 to me has no um, no bearing on it whatsoever. I think that the idea is it's supposed to make you uncomfortable. And one of the complaints about her isn't that in all reality, these girls are completely covered. They're wearing more clothes than they would be if they were modeling swimsuits in a Target catalog. You know, like, yeah, but, but, but how, context whoa, whoa, is whoa, 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 whoa. I know that's, I'm getting to that. I'm not disagreeing. So I'm saying they're not in, they're not actually exposed in any way. It's what it implies. It's one of the big complaints about the stuff I'm reading on these mommy blogs about these types of images is that she's using the controversy to grow her coaching and workshop business. Right. So she'll post uh, some controversial images, get a bunch of press and backlash from it. A bunch of people will come to look at it, and she'll have deleted it, and it's just her other pretty right. kid pictures. Right. And so she's using it to grow her business, like not necessarily posting it and standing by it and saying That's this my is thing. art. Yeah. If you, or saying, yeah. I'm making if you think art it's okay, it. then you friggin' stand by it. Friggin' stand like, behind it and take, the, and take the flag if you think it's okay. But if you pull it down, mm, then, then, yeah. then, don't, then don't tell me I'm wrong. Because What's really uncomfortable about this to me is that the, it's the intersection of the whimsy of it. If you were creating a portrait series to bring attention to the sex trafficking problem we have in the United yes. States... And then, and that, and you could create a powerful portrait series to depict real scenes, and then people would get behind that. It would upset them, but they would understand why you were doing it, and and it could that sort of press could bring attention to people to realize that there are it's a human trafficking is a huge problem, and so that young girls are being exploited all over the world in situations like this, and <clears throat> if that's the case, that's fine. But there's so much like whimsy added to these images yes. that it sort of makes it seem like it's a it they're tr- it's trying to make something beautiful that isn't yes you know the and girls I have think the, the girls are not the girls are not made to look uh like they have been abused and no they're made to look attractive they're made to what? look they're made to look sexy and let's take a second and talk about the fact that uh some of these uh for lack of a better term prostitute images are sh- done during a workshop so basically, right. she's like, I'm going to bring in these models, I'm going to set them up and dress them like uh, child prostitutes, and I'm going to let all you guys take pictures of them. Yeah. What? For a fee. Give me some money, and you can come down on Sunday and take some pictures of my uh, 12-year-olds I'm dressing up as prostitutes. Really? If I were, yeah, if I were a workshop attendee, and I think it's called like the wild child sessions, and so it's like, cool, you know, you make kids and you do fun stuff with them and you shoot them in cool locations and if i went to that workshop and this was happening i would go whoa oh my god i am out of here yeah i, I, I would gone. i would get out so friggin' fast i'd be no i'm not taking a picture of this are you out of your mind i don't care if she's a paid model yeah absolutely not under no circumstances would i would i be party to that however there's the part of me that do i agree with uh white supremacist neo-nazis and uh, their views absolutely not do I agree that they have the right to uh, parade and, and talk about their views? They absolutely, absolutely do. Everyone has a right to speak their mind, and art has a right to be free, but that also includes a crit- criticism of your art, and, and so, I'm very critical of it. I Believe me, I tried, I tried to look at both sides, and I, I looked at both sides, and I tried to defend it, and then more and more and more, that I, the more pictures that I saw, the more I just went, no, these pictures, I just, I can't see any, and it's like you said, it's the whimsy it's not gritty 
you know, I'm showing something. It's not that at all. It's, it's, you're clearly trying to make these girls look attractive, you're, you know, and alluring. And that's uncomfortable to me because they're not of legal age. It's bad enough when you do that um, with a girl just in a straight-up pure sexy way. Remember when Annie Libowitz was thrown under a bus because she photographed uh, uh, iCarly or whatever her name is? Uh, who is it? Oh, yeah, Hannah Montana. Yeah, What's Hannah Montana, face? when she photographed <laughs> Hannah Montana with a sweater dropping off of her shoulder or whatever it was. She was, like, wrapped in a, in a blanket or something. And, and literally, all you could see was her shoulder. But it was the way she was photographed as if she was, uh, you know, a, a woman in bed or whatever. Whatever, and she wasn't legal age, and they threw her under the bus for that. And that is nothing compared to what is being done here. Yeah, nothing no, compared to what is being done here. Absolutely agree. I think that this comes down. There's a difference between the uh, the letter of the law and the spirit of the law. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yes, they're technically not in any danger. They're not doing anything right. But I wonder if who the parents were that consented to this, and oh. did they know that this was happening? And then afterwards, go, oh man, no way. Because if it was if a, if a famous children's photographer who had really pretty work was like, "Hey, I'd like to use your daughters in my workshop that we're going to do around you," would you be, I'd be absolutely, yeah, no problem. Would love to have some pictures. And then this is the styling, and I would be like, "We are out of here," and I'm filing a lawsuit against you. <laughs> like, that's, I mean, it would be really bad. But at the same time, part of me goes, "She has the right to make images like this and to post them." And to and but the, I think it really burns people up is that she's profiting from them. Yeah, she's pro- she's profiting from the attention. Well, you know, and there- I haven't even gone down that rabbit hole because that's that's so much. There's so many people who who don't who shoot only so they can sell to other photographers, and and so that's just that's just a part of our world, and we're going to see that all the time. But you know, and, and she's doing it and and doing it well. But I think the bigger issue is just should you really uh, take a a 12-year-old in a bikini, give her a cigarette and knee socks and, and, and photograph her like she's 28? I don't think you should. <laughs> yeah, I, really right. don't, I really don't think you And Facebook doesn't think so either, which is why they took down her pictures for not meeting community standards. Right, yeah. So there you have it. You know, uh, bottom line is, yeah, you have the right to create work like that, but people have the right to uh, hate your guts for doing it. And um, yeah, I think it's, there's, uh, it's a little sleazy to use that to, uh, to grow your audience. But I would, I would get in a parade and march for your right to do it, though. Uh, that's the thing. You know, here's the other question. The other question becomes, um, at what point do people start to get involved? Because as mad as we are at Meg Britton, I'm possibly more mad at the parents of these children. Yeah. I mean, nobody should have said yes to this, no. in my opinion. And, but- let me, and let me tell you, that's, you know, it's not the same as Jodie Foster's mom saying yes to her playing a child prostitute in Taxi Driver when she was, in fact, under 18. Because that, that is an art form. But posing for pictures in a workshop where you pretend to be a prostitute, that's not I, – I, I don't – that's no – no. Yeah, but you know, if a, if an image, uh, if a movie went by the Motion Picture Association of America, there was a child welf- welfare specialist off camera the right. entire dang time. Like, you know that they had lawyers and like that. Jodie Foster was never in any danger, and I don't think it, her sexuality was glorified. And and, and here's the thing: here, well, or uh, what was it? Uh, Pretty Baby with Brooke Shields, you know, uh, came under a lot of fire. But but in those cases, the art was being specifically created to serve a purpose. In this case, the art was not being created to serve a purpose. It was merely created to sell workshop tickets. 
All right. It wasn't like, like you said, it wasn't, we're doing a campaign that's going to be on bus stops around the country, you know, in New York City about stopping child uh, uh, prostitution or, or we're doing a spread for Vanity Fair, which is about, you know, blah, or, it wasn't that at all. It was, I want to sell workshop tickets. I want people to come give me money to take pictures. So I'm going to set up these very provocative and, and, uh, and sexy 12 year olds for them to take pictures of. I can't get the oil off of me fast enough. Yeah. That it just it feels gross, and uh, and I don't think that the children are being exploited as much as uh, the uh, the controversy is being exploited to make money, and that's that's I think what feels icky about it. Like, you know, I'm not sure. I don't su- I don't support it, but I do support it. I hope that makes sense. You know, I'm a not a fan of the work, and not a fan of uh, using it to sell workshop seats, but I am uh, I'm a fan of the, the First Amendment, and I'm a fan of uh, artistic license. So, so when you have that kind of freedom, you're going to get ugliness in with the good stuff too. And so that's just sort of one of the uh, side effects. And very often, uh, people will uh, profit from those ugly things. You know, we have all kinds of people, artists over the years, who have profited off of controversy. Michael Jackson, you know, got a lot of attention for grabbing his own junk. <laughs> you know, like that was a big con. Remember when the video for yes. Black and White came out? Yes. And it was like, he's, there was like a four minute break where it was just him smashing a car and grabbing his testicles, right. you know? And, but who and hasn't that done like, that, Gary? Who hasn't smashed up a car in an alley whilst grabbing their testicles? But here's, ooh, a, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. And here's another thing, and, the, and, the, and this is kind of a little bit, it's attached, but a little bit separate. Let me talk about workshops for a second. Mm. If you go to a workshop and you pay money to go to a workshop, and what they do is they bring in some models and they set them up and they pose them for you so you can take pictures. You're not really working or shopping anything. All you're doing is just taking pictures of models set up by somebody else. You're not going to really learn much. I kind of agree with that. I'm not a big fan of um, you know go take a hand, workshop hands on. Yeah, go take a workshop. I mean, not that I'm all for hands on. But go take a workshop where they're actually teaching you how to place the lights, where they're actually saying to you, okay, we're going to teach this to you, and now uh, why don't you try and place the lights on this model, and we'll shoot it, and then we'll look at that real quick and see if you, uh, if you, if you do have the right uh, uh, loop over the, under the nose. And if you do have the – that's where you learn to do your own work. But just going and taking pictures of models and stuff that are set up by other photographers, it's just a money-making thing for the photographer. And now, this yeah. is not to be confused with let – me, let me – this is not to be confused with – like, you know, the local guild says, hey, uh, we got a girl and she's going to come down to the beach and put on a mermaid costume for us and we can all go shoot her in her mermaid costume. That's not a workshop. That's a, that's a you know, this way we can all share the cost of paying for the model and paying for the mermaid costume and get something cool. That's fun and that is, you know, and, and everything else. But when someone's charging you a high dollar for a workshop and really what it is is it, that they're going to use their vision and their creativity to set something up and then let you photograph it, you're not really... I mean, part of being a photographer is using your vision and your creativity and your art. And, so, and if, so if you find yourself going to these sorts of things all the time, I think you're hurting yourself more than you're helping yourself. Because instead of forcing yourself to come up with your own ideas and try your own things, you're just cribbing off of somebody else all the time. Yeah. I, I, I've seen uh, workshops before, hands-on, where the instructor will set up all the lights and uh, take some photos, and then take all the lights down, and be like, "Okay, now you do it." Right, now, now that see, so now that's a helpful. learning experience. But when they set all the lights up, get it right, go, "This is perfect," and then just let you step in one by one and take the picture he set up. I'm sorry, what are you really learning there? 
I saw a really I was at a really cool workshop with one of when I worked for a photographer named Kurt Littlecott back in the day. Um, it was my first real job in photography after working in my parents' studio as a kid, and he was teaching a workshop for one of the local affiliates in PPA affiliates in Florida, and might have been uh, the Bay Area, and we um, we went. And I helped him carry gear, brought a bunch of lights, and then he brought like five or six different fashion magazines and he put everybody into groups of like four and five and gave everyone a magazine he's like i want you to try and replicate the image on the cover and i thought that was really cool so he wow. gave them all yeah, the lights and stuff they needed to do and then you got and it was really amazing what the groups came up with they had to break down and analyze the lighting pattern and they had to nail the ratio and the pose so they had models and the whole nine it was a really really cool workshop where it wasn't like I'm going to teach you a thing. It's like I'm going to force you to teach yourself a thing. I thought that was really neat. Well, let me let me clarify and say, because this is important, there are times, sure, when you bring in a model and you set up the lights to show a lighting pattern, and then you have everybody shoot it so that they have that picture to go home and look at the lighting pattern that you know of the picture that they took and they can go okay this was this was lighting pattern a and i can look at the picture and see what that looks like so i'm not i'm not calling out those people by any by any means at all because that that's certainly legitimate where you set up a model and you're like we're trying to teach this lighting pattern so now everyone take a picture that way you'll have that picture in your phone to look at it i get that but there's a there's a line that you for example, if that's what you're doing, even if you're doing that and you're setting up you know, several lights and then having people take a picture so they can see the lighting pattern, that's fine. But if you look at like what she was doing in her workshops, there was no lighting. There was no lighting. It was just uh, half-dressed, scantily-dressed girls with a pimp on the docks. It looks like it's all natural light as far as I can tell. And so I'm not sure what you're even learning there. Taking that picture home, what are you going to get from that picture when you look at it later? I don't, I don't, I don't get what you, you know. That's what I'm sadness? saying. Sadness. If you got, yeah, Re- sadness. Regret. I mean, if you're looking at a picture that's 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 oh, this is a five light setup, and now you're looking at it going, okay, I can see the kicker, I can see the mane, I can see the fill, I can see the hair, and that's why I took this picture. Yeah, that's justified. So I can see that. I don't want it to seem like like everybody who sets up lights and then lets people take pictures is is a dodge. It's not. It's certainly not. The article that I want to read is one uh, that a photographer who was at one of those workshops wrote. And said, uh, and is like, so I was at this workshop, and yes, it was as awkward as you think it would be. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, that's what I really want. That's what I want to see. But anyway, so uh, let us know on the Facebook page or an email what you think and uh, weigh in, and we would like to read your comments and thoughts on the show. So uh, if you uh, have anything to say, you can reach us there, and we'll be posting links to all these articles on the Facebook page. If you want to see those, check those out. All right. You can find us online at facebook.com slash photobombpodcast. Our website is photobombpodcast.com. You can find Gary at hughesfioretti.com. Yep. You can find me at com, and you can email us questions at photobombpodcast.com. We will see you back here next week. See you later. Bure Perry. Big wiener. I am. <laughs> I am.